Future of Finance podcast, where finance finds its future. Hello, I'm Dominic Hobson, co-founder of Future of Finance. My guest today is John Lerner, president of FundGuard, a software as a service platform for investment management and administration, which he joined two years ago after 20 years in operations technology at both State Street and BNY Mellon. His mission now is to persuade the asset management industry and its service providers that they can transform the cost-income ratio of the industry through a superior and, importantly, scalable technology and operating model that is very different from liftouts and outsourcing. John, thank you for joining us. Dominic, uh, thank you very much for having me. Pleasure to be here. I've read... uh, a lot of material on your on your website and elsewhere, and I suspect some of the uh, listeners to this podcast, viewers of this uh, interview, will be asking themselves, "What is FunGuard all about?" So perhaps I could force you to c- categorize what you're doing a bit to start with. I mean, is FunGuard a technology story? Is it an investment management operations outsourcing story? Is it a cloud story? Is it a story about scale and cost and speed to market? Or is it something completely different? How would you pigeonhole yourself if that's not too uh, embarrassing a question to answer or to ask? Yeah, no, thank you for the question, Dominic. Uh, you know, at the heart, FunGuard is a software firm. That's that's what we are uh, uh, building. Uh, but we think the benefits of that uh, go far beyond uh, you know, technological improvements. Uh, looking at the inefficiencies and fragmentation, as well as the legacy technology that's you know been out in the industry in some cases 40, almost 50 years, uh, we think that uh, uh, the root of addressing uh, scale and addressing modernization starts at a, at a very low level, a very granular level, and so you know we are choosing to attack all of those uh, uh, you know issues. Uh, from from the bottom up by by building out uh, you know our new uh, you know software platform. You were of course at Eagle Investment Systems, uh, so you were at the heart of, of the lift out stage, which the investment management industry went through at the turn of the turn of the century. How does your model, the model you're you're offering now, differ from those old fashioned uh, lift outs and uh, possibly more old fashioned outsourcing contracts? Yeah, you know, back then people were literally lifting out and moving uh, machines and people uh, because they were all physically in, in a location, right? Which speaks to the the the, the lack of scale and and uh, you know the challenges with those. You know, at the core, we are providing software as a service. Uh, it's a uh, subscription-based, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, consume as you need, uh, you know, type of model. So from a portability standpoint and a future proofing of, of an organization, uh, you know, we think it provides a, a much better uh, way for people to access technology uh, versus, you know, the historical uh, racking and stacking. And then, you know, the subsequent, as you point out, lifting and shifting, uh, you know, that would go with that when people uh, wanted to move to a service enabled model. So. Um, you know, it, it, it really uh, speaks to uh, the availability of, uh, you know, the current state technology and, and what it offers uh, the industry. Software as a service hosted in the cloud at one level seems quite familiar, but the way you talk about it indicates it's not 
something that familiar, in fact. Is there a sense in which if this software as a service takes off that you're actually going to end up hosting and indeed curating an industry utility of some sort for the asset management industry? Yeah, we, 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 we think that's what we're being asked to do, uh, Dominic. I mean, when we speak with uh, uh, folks in the industry, asset managers, they're asking for, uh, you know, is something uh, that is much more scalable and leverageable. Uh, you know, we're very fortunate that, you know, in, in the area that we operate in, uh, highly regulated, highly audited and standardized. So therefore, the ability to aggregate that and, and provide it uh, in that type of a utility model, we think is, is right there, uh, you know, uh, and, and an opportunity that we're being asked to uh, address, uh, you know, by our current clients. You said right at the outset that you're looking to engage with the service providers to the industry as well as the, the asset management industry itself and, and presumably data vendors and uh, vendors of other, other services will be part of this. What's the what's the best way to describe your model once it's 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 reached a certain state of maturity? Is it is it are you in effect offering a kind of service exchange, or are you building an ecosystem of different providers uh, and and buyers who are operating in this marketplace? Are you offering this is another term which is possibly old fashioned a, a kind of platform, uh, you know, kind of dot com era platform, or is it or is it or is it simply a, a network which you're linking together more efficiently? What, what's the word which you'd prefer to use about about what you're building yeah those are all uh interesting terms and 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 there are uh uh, uh you know uh, uh areas of each of them that uh you know we would apply to what we're doing but but ultimately what we're looking to do is to provide uh an integrated ecosystem uh you know for for the industry if you think outside of our uh, you know space that we operate in, and you think about the likes of what an Amazon does or a Salesforce does, uh, which is to provide uh, you know uh, a core uh, you know a platform or a core uh, offering upon which not only uh, the uh, primary uh, vendor or supplier, but then third parties can come in and interact. Um, it's even something if you go back to what you know Bloomberg uh, looked at, you know, uh, uh, 25, 30 years ago, when you when you see all of the different participants that transact and network and and really leverage, uh, you know, the, a type of uh, you know platform. So, you know, I would I would say an ecosystem is probably more uh, 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 you know the the, the the right way to describe what we're going after. I'll stop trying to persuade you to pin labels on yourself. The, the fact that <laughs> many of these words are, are relevant indicates the, the novelty of what you're you're trying to do in a way. But whatever is the right term, and you've just selected ecosystem, uh, you've got these different sorts of entities who are going to get involved in this, asset managers, obviously, custodians, fund accountants, transfer agents, data vendors, and so on. Now, could you tell us a little bit about each of those uh, uh, groups, if you like, those, those those types of industry entity. Why are they going to join this, and 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 maybe who's joined it already? Yeah, uh, you know, fortunately, we we have participants from all of those groups that uh, uh, we're working with, and uh, that we have agreements with, and uh, are in various stages of production and 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 rollout. And I think they all are are looking. Um, uh, for for a, a lot of things in very very similar uh, uh, you know benefits the 
the, the first being they all suffer from uh, significant inefficiencies in their current approach to addressing you know, core, their core processing in their front, middle, and, and back office. And I think uh, you know, when they look at uh, you know, the, the, the uh, legacy deployments, they're very expensive. Uh, many are coming to uh, or are beyond end of serviceable life when you look at the underlying you know, technologies that they're on. And I think they're looking for a way, you know, why do they join? I think they're looking for a way to future-proof, um, you know, uh, this area of, of their needs around, uh, you know, software and uh, providing, uh, you know, complex accounting, uh, which is so important to uh, uh, other applications and, and aspects of their business. So I, I think, you know, that's why they join. And, and, and really, again, Going back to what we're what we're looking to create, you know, when you talk about something that you know we, we talk about the word utility, uh, really is 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 the opportunity here uh, to do more than what you could previously do. People attempted to do it, but it was really difficult to do when the majority of these firms today run legacy on-premise technology. Right now, having one code base with multiple clients all sharing. Uh, opens up lots of possibilities in scale, uh, reusability, and, and leverage that you just couldn't accomplish historically. As, as hard as everyone tried, uh, you know, just in, inherently uh, uh, difficult to do. You've got some pretty big brands working with you. You've got City, State Street, uh, Six, uh, Ultimus. What's, what's been the attraction for them specifically? Um, I, I think it's our focus on this. And I think, um, you know, uh, or other organizations that are out there today, you know, looking to bring new technologies into the space are generally attacking uh, industry issues that are more symptoms, uh, more top down, um, you know, people looking at doing things to improve data integration, to improve onboarding or client reporting, uh, 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 information delivery. All, all important uh, uh, areas, but they're not addressing the underlying challenges of why it's so difficult to do all of those things. And so I think, I think what uh, these organizations see in us and, and others see in us is our focus to really get in there and dig in way deep below the waterline on very significant uh, uh, you know, technologies and requirements um, that uh, have a way of changing and modernizing from the bottom up. I, I mean, that's that's really, I, I think, what they see and really what we're focused on. Well, changing and, and modernizing uh, from the bottom up. When I first uh, looked at Vanguard a year or so ago, uh, what got me really excited, and this is probably a measure of my sort of nerdish personality, but what really got me excited was fund accounting. It looked like you could revolutionize fund accounting. And up to that point, uh, we had all assumed that fund accounting was invulnerable to technological change. These fund accountants were going to sit there till the crack of doom, uh, cranking out net asset values. Now, um, why, A, was I right to, to highlight fund accounting as, 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 an, as an early important factor in your model? And B, if it was, why did you choose it? What, what was the opportunity you saw there? You know, as you were just describing that, I can't help but picture that scene from Monty Python with all the accountants there. But anyway, I'll, I'll <laughs> pass on that. Um, yeah, listen, 
you know why? No one's doing anything about it. it it's been over 25 years, um, which is not one, but two generations of technology uh, since anyone has done anything about modernizing accounting. And, you know, on a, on a, on a, on a, on a you know, one level, the accounting requirements continue to evolve and get more complex, but people don't need new accounting per se, but what they do need is uh, modern technology that enables them to be able to uh, integrate complex securities, uh, you know, crypto assets, derivatives, and not have to, you know, develop offsheet workarounds. They need uh, systems that can handle the volumes of data, uh, you know, being inherently uh, cloud native big data application that are then uh, uh, in alignment with other uh, things that they're doing, you know, downstream. And so when you really start picking away at it, um, it's one of, if not the hardest thing to dig into uh, and it's not to be underestimated and uh, doesn't get many people excited. And there's, you know, generally a view that there isn't a lot of value add around it, you know, which on one level you can understand because functionally it either works or it doesn't work. But when the cost of supporting it and the risk of supporting it uh, becomes the story and the bigger issue than the underlying functional, you know, uh, capabilities, then there's a real problem there. And there has been, uh, you know, for years. Um, so, you know, that's, that's why you have to go after it. And uh, it's, uh, it's a significant body of work, uh, you know, that takes years, uh, which is another reason people kind of bypass it. I, you know, there are many other things uh, that people could go out and accomplish faster and build applications and be in the market in three months, six months, nine months. Uh, accounting is not one of them. <laughs> so, so therefore, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not uh, uh, something that people, uh, you know, generally, uh, you know, gravitate towards. As you say, nobody's really done anything about fund accounting for, for 20 years. Most of the systems which these large banks are using are old by the standards of digital technology, but they are also using more than one of them. I'm sure if we went into a large custodian bank, uh, yeah. partly as a result of all these outsourcings and liftouts, <laughs> using uh, uh, several of these these fund accounting engines. If I said to you, as a result of your investigation, uh, what, what do those current fund accounting engines do well and where do they fall short? What are they doing badly? Yeah. Well, they're all functionally rich from the generation in which they were constructed. So, you know, if you go back to their core asset classes, if they were built 25 years ago, 30, 40 years ago, they generally have years of enhancements and are robust uh, in working in, in providing the underlying core accounting uh, functionality. What we hear uh, from the market that they don't do well is number one, they don't have modern workflows. They don't really, uh, they're not organized in a way uh, that aligns, uh, you know, with the way a user experience can operate today or the way the workflow can be, um, uh, you know, disassembled or, or distributed, number one. Number two, they don't handle uh, modern, you know, uh, modern requirements or, or new security types. Generally speaking, when people get into a new asset class, they're either doing that on a spreadsheet or, to your point, standing up a second, third, fourth, fifth, in some cases, 12 accounting systems 
to be able to handle the array of not just asset classes, but jurisdictional and regional uh, requirements. Um, so, you know, they don't do well, they, they don't upgrade well, they don't uh, uh, enhance well, because all of them are built uh, from a time and uh, in, in, in an age where the way you wrote the code, developed, tested and deployed, a very waterfall approach generally takes years uh, for someone to get a new piece of functionality that was determined to be necessary today, actually having that in production probably can be 18 months, two years uh, in, in most cases. Uh, so they don't do that as that, that well either. Um, and you know, certainly uh, that's an issue uh, for, for, for all these organizations uh, you know, uh, you know, to, to be able to address those, those areas. They don't upgrade well is the understatement of the century about uh, about fund accounting engines. I think the the entire industry still is haunted by what happened in August 2015 when when BNY Mellon had a, a NAV outage, the ultimate nightmare for a, yep. a large fund accounting shop. Uh, precisely after a, a SunGuard upgrade backfired, the regulators got involved. Is that one of the risks which you think that you can you can mitigate, you can make upgrades less dangerous, because I'm sure it's a it's a source of conservatism in this area, is precisely nobody wants to repeat that experience. Yeah, I mean, th that was a big driver for the, uh, you know, creation and the start of FundGuard and really working with clients uh, who really want and need a contingency uh, uh, NAV, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, capability is, is what we set out to do initially. Um, and also, you know, being a multi-cloud, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, a vendor, so that we we offer uh, the software on on multiple, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, cloud platforms, uh, does mitigate, you know, this risk. Um, and I'm not sure the industry ever really recovered, um, you know, from that uh, spectacular one week long. I was in full disclosure. I was working at BNY Mellon at the time. Mm -hmm on a, uh, what became a very shortened vacation uh, that exact week. Um, so, you know, we, we think about that and look at that and that's, you know, uh, part of our, uh, you know, the cases that we use in, uh, you know, design, engineering, designing and building uh, and deploying the software. If I was a vendor of a fund accounting engine, should I consider FundGuard a threat to me or an opportunity or neither of those things are something different? Are you going to disintermediate them in some way or put them out of business? You know, I think I think the answer depends on on who you are and what your future looks like and, and what you really think you're going to do well. Um, there are not many pure accounting vendors out there generally many have morphed into some form of, of attempted, uh, you know, uh, in some cases, almost uh, uh, Frankenstein-esque, well, I shouldn't say Frankenstein, but Frankenstein's not the monster, the monster, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, type of platform. Uh, and so if, if the goal is to say, hey, I, I actually do some things in, as part of this uh, uh, offering well, but accounting is not one of them. I think it's an opportunity to help them modernize or plug in uh, an accounting capability. So I think that really that answers up to those vendors, uh, you know, that are out there, um, assuming they are they're actively, uh, you know, building a cloud native, uh, you know, platform, uh, you know, from the ground up.
I'm going to ask you some very futuristic questions in a minute. But before I do, what what's your, uh, you know, you've invested a lot of time and effort in fund accounting. What are your priorities after that? What comes after fund accounting? So, uh, you know, the journey for fund accounting, I don't think it ever ends, Dominic. I, I think what happens is fund accounting, uh, if you think about it by jurisdiction, when you look at North America, you look at, you look at uh, uh, versions of it for, uh, you know, UK and Europe, and then you start looking across other jurisdictions. Um, it's potentially a, a, a lifetime journey uh, because it's one of the things that is a pain point for our existing clients and folks that we're speaking with, which is to your earlier question, they're generally running a half dozen or more uh, 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 software packages over uh, multiple actual instances of those uh, to get scale. So I think after fund accounting, more fund accounting uh, comes. And, uh, and then also, uh, 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 you know, reaching out beyond sort of the traditional assets and continuing to specialize in the adjacent areas, when you look at most of the fund accounting platforms that are out there right now, sitting next to them are platforms that are e either doing private equity assets or doing some form of alternative investment uh, fund administration. So those are the areas that we get asked about the most uh, when people sort of draw the scope of what we're doing. Uh, but you know that's really that's that's really going to be the work for the foreseeable future. I was hoping you were going to start waxing lyrical about accounting books of records and investment books of records. Uh, yeah. Are, are, these, are these on your list? Are you going to help produce ABORs and IBORs? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we're actually having this conversation internally right now. Th those are antiquated terms based on technology, uh, technological limitations mm -hmm. or speed, the ability to be able to do either real time accounting or needing time to do settlement based accounting. And then everything, the, the, the shades of, of accounting in between of what people call record keeping, investment, uh, you know, accounting, IBOR, ABOR, you know. And so, frankly, we are working on trying to best explain to people that you really need to look at accounting uh, as a stateless uh, data source. And our ability, which we have today, uh, to do multiple views of that already exists and was, is how we're building it from the ground up. Um, because that's another dimension, if you think about it, along with regions and asset classes, are the need for, you know, the organization to have, you know, start of day trading cash positions for front office, but then settlement books, uh, you know, for true accounting uh, fund purposes and, and everything in between. So we're already addressing that now and we'll continue uh, to dive into it. But, uh, you know, we, we need to come up with a better way to communicate it because we're not replicating the legacy models. We're, we've actually changed it. Uh, again, because of the availability, uh, or, or I should say, uh, the removal of the inherent limitations around cost of processing and storage and compute and, and time to market. So there's just a lot of things you, know, you can do now um, when you're working on a modern stack. It's an important point you've just made that uh, FunGuard is not looking to be the uh, the next SimCorp or, or SunGuard. It's actually looking to, to, to reinvent things. And in that context, when I first looked at FunGuard, uh, I was very struck by uh, references to artificial intelligence. This was long before we'd heard of chat GPI and it had become, you know, taking the place of the metaverse as the most talked about 
technology paradigm. But my question is, how important is artificial intelligence to you to, to the model you're building? It's 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 very important. Uh, you know, when you stop and think about it, one instance of software with all of the clients, uh, you know, utilizing that, and then having all of that data available, then to go in and uh, optimize, you know, workflow, uh, address issues like, you know, anomaly detect. There's there's so many ways that this can go, and then on a predictive basis to really uh, drive. It's not even efficiencies. It's probably uh, as to yet unthought of. Uh, you know, advantages, uh, you know, from the technology, we get really excited about it. And again, we get excited about it because underlying that what we're building doesn't have to take or go through any sort of, uh, you know, unnatural steps of, of, of you know, storage uh, and, 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 you know, repositioning and then, uh, uh, you know, migration to be uh, leveraged, you know, by it's native for us. Like that's, you know, when, when you look at these tools and capabilities, uh, they, they, they're, they're there now, uh, you know, we're leveraging them now. So we think that's going to be a big part of the story. And, um, ultimately again, is where we can do it, you know, do accounting more efficiently, right. And, and, and just continue to drive out the risk, uh, and the cost, uh, with, with, uh, you know, this processing. Uh, that, that our clients have to deal with. Can I ask you to elaborate on that, that comment you made a, a, a moment ago? That, you know, this isn't just about efficiency. And there is a temptation in this area to think, well, we'll just carry on doing what we're doing already. We'll just do it cheaper and at, and at lower risk. What you're describing is something which isn't, of which that's a component. Who doesn't want to be more efficient? Who doesn't want to save money and 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 pocket and keep pocketing those those gains. But I, am I right to think that you're really talking, as you talk about data, you're talking about uh, revolutionizing the asset management industry. You're talking about a new source of, of alpha here, whether that data comes from hidden sources out there in the marketplace or whether it comes from data which asset managers possess but don't really know that they possess it. Yeah. Or that they do. Yeah. yeah. And it's also thinking about what comes next with new technologies. You know, it's kind of interesting. Um, that a lot of the uh, activity and excitement around blockchain distributed ledger seems to be momentarily uh, eclipsed by, uh, you know, people's excitement or, uh, the, you know, I guess the uh, perpetual excitement around new data uh, tools and capabilities uh, with, the, with the newest and, and most fascinating uh, data storage and data access, uh, you know, technologies, uh, which, which are there along with AI. So those are great, but, but think ahead. If, if you're starting from scratch today, which is ultimately the question you have to ask yourself, if you're crazy enough to build an accounting platform, you've got to say, well, the future is not going to be what clients are dealing with today around you know, daily batch and, and file movement. It's going to, be, it's going to all be deal, you know, distributed technology. It's all going to be real time. And so, you know, that's what we're, that's our use case. Those are the requirements that we look at. And we're just fortunate because, you know, we, we are starting from scratch. Uh, so therefore, uh, you know, that, that's, that's an advantage of this. You know, it takes, takes time to build it, takes time to deploy it. Um, but we see significant changes. And again, think about accounting information just being persistent. 
you know, just, just as of always available and persisting, not as this, you know, very clunky, uh, uh, you know, process of, of movements and calculations and transfers across numerous hops, steps, applications, data stores, and, you know, really arcane, uh, uh, you know, technologies. So that's, that's really what we're, we're thinking about here. I'm glad you brought up a distributed uh, a ledger technology uh, because it prompts a question in my mind about how you are preparing to support asset managers as they start to invest in uh, in digital or or tokenized assets. And there's a there's a high level, almost intellectual problem here. Is it at that very high level you can understand that digital technology is in the end always about data. It's kind of useless in itself, but it, if it's processing data and revealing insights by using data, that's incredibly valuable to to asset managers. But it, and maybe you can comment on that on that on that how, how in your mind digital technology meets data. Is it is it very clear? You've begun to talk about this uh, during this conversation, but do you have a very clear definition of? how data meets digital technology meets distributed ledger yeah you know let, let, let me give you an example it's, it's a pretty rudimentary example but one we get on a pretty regular basis you know today people that are working in crypto assets are taking something that is already a real-time ledger based and 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 dragging it backwards 40 years uh, truncating it you know chopping off the decimals rounding it um, you know, reducing it to some sort of a batch load process, uh, and then trying to come up with a bastardized asset class to shove it in to make it work to sit alongside of you know all these other you know assets. So I mean, we're watching that today, and and if they can do that with an existing system, they're fortunate. Most aren't even able to get there. They're needing to do it you know offline, and so. We start with that and say, well, that's the asset class we have to look at, whether it's something, whether it's the underlying technology of how all assets ultimately are structured uh, and are, are uh, you know, delivered and moved, or it's an underlying asset class itself as an actual crypto, you know, asset. So we're looking at that natively saying that's, that's what we're building to, you know, today and understanding that, um, I don't know what it is, 80, 90% of the workflow of uh, asset managers and even the custodians today is not digital. Uh, and, and the way people are approaching digital, again, is generally top down. That's why there's such a great robust market for all these great tools uh, that allow you to put your data in a cloud and, and allow you to do other things with it. But at the end of the day, you're only as fast or as strong as your weakest link. And the, that link is really weak, uh, way down in the bowels of all these organizations. So, you know, for us, um, again, I, I know if I'm repeating myself now, like you have to address it from there. It just, it has to be done, um, you know, because just porting a legacy uh, technology into a container and shoving it on the cloud and calling it cloud enable is, it's good, it's efficient, it's, a, it's you know, it helps. Um, with your, you know, maybe your racking and stacking bill, but it doesn't address any of the issues that I know you are very fond of in terms of, you know, uh, uh, the, the true digitization of the industry. Mm -hmm. 
Can I ask you, uh, this is a massive question, but if I said to you, is what you're building going to support uh, investment in, in digital and to be specific in in tokenized assets. And if, if I give you, a, if we take a simple asset like a like a you know a, a fixed maturity fixed coupon bond, and a this can be issued as a digital asset. <coughs> a smart contract will inhere inside it, so the coupons are paid, the redemption is paid. It's all effectively code. It becomes a self serving asset. Yeah. That asset can also be broken up into into lots of little pieces, which enable uh, investors to achieve. Uh, at quite low levels of of assets under management to achieve uh, particular exposures, is that is is a, a a digital asset? You know, digital assets is the future of portfolio management. Part of the way you're designing what you're building. Yeah, I I, I would say to you, we we are waiting for that eagerly, uh, as opposed to the way uh, you know we're 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 just like everybody else. Uh, uh, forced to deal with uh, the legacy uh, chain of, of asset, uh, you know, ma- manufacturing, distribution, and then all of the data uh, sources that one needs to go to and the fragmentation of that. And what our industry has been tackling for, I mean, forever, which is, you know, the data uh, standardization of things. Well, you know, it, it, it hasn't happened it, 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 and, and people have been talking about it for, you know, for years. but now you have a technology um, and now you have something uh, with tokenization that we, we can't wait for. We, 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 you know, can't wait till that happens. It's going to be really uh, uh, something that will uh, enable us to get even more value out of uh, our platform for clients. So absolutely. Um, and, you know, we've, we've looked at it today and Eagerly await it, uh, want it, uh, and and I think would have even uh, 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 you know additional benefits than what we can uh, uh, appreciate uh, in terms of what else this unlocks. Right. You used an interesting term a few minutes ago when you used the term persistent. Uh, we were talking about nabs in effect. You know, you don't have to turn these out once or twice a day, but these persist through time. They're just always available. They're always there, and they can inform. Um, other ways of, of of looking at at your portfolio, at the risks that you're facing, and you've also used this term a, a, a single source of truth. Um, and, and clearly, your vision here of the data which asset managers and the service providers use and make use of every day encompasses a lot more than 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 fund accounting. Yeah. Do you do you have a very clear vision of how far this? this vision of the future of data in the asset management industry can actually extend? Yeah, yeah. So so um, I'm, I'm going to answer that question by going back to a question we asked earlier, like, you know, how do we see ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, positioned here? And that's why I use the word ecosystem more so than even platform, right? Because if you think about an ecosystem, it's not, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a group of uh, 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 organisms and a, and a, and a functioning uh, uh, you know, system where uh, everybody is integrating or contributing. And so um, we believe there are, a, you know, there are some places where you get a single source of truth because there may only be one source of something, right? So in the rare case where there's only one uh, price or one uh, source for a particular uh, item, then you're great. Uh, but we believe that accounting, uh, because accounting is standardized, if we get to that scale and utility model, 
then we've got the benefit of that uh, uh, scale, um, should then be in a position to attract uh, additional data to wrap around or enrich uh, you know, the underlying information. There's so much necessary to support the accounting workflow and process that you get significant uh, ways uh, uh, you know, to providing a, a, a source uh, you know, in an organization. In fact, the accounting we generate becomes a, you know, a source of data, just like you'd get data sources from exchanges or analytic providers. So what we believe is we will not be the ones generating all of this. But what we do believe is if with scale and a utility model and collaboration, which is the key word, that we can really progress this uh, to a point that no one else has been able to do it uh, you know, thus far. So ultimately the vision works where it's an ecosystem we're building, but also the things that we're building because of the nature of our cloud platform allows for integration via our APIs, allows for uh, you know, uh, loading of additional data because we're, you know, we, we've, we have the big data capabilities there. So we think it just makes sense uh, that that would be a logical place. And people will, are already asking, well, if you're doing this for me, can I add this? Can I add that? In some cases, it might be us adding it, but in many cases, it won't be uh, FundGuard. It'll be other existing, you know, sources, vendors, uh, you know, that we bring into this, you know, ecosystem uh, to provide, uh, you know, the broadest possible view into a single source of truth for, for everything, you know, that's out there. So that's really how we think about it. Um, you know, uh, it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, like I said, there's still quite a bit of work for us uh, extending across assets and regions. Uh, but we do think that, uh, uh, you know, we get there uh, because of the approach of the collaboration across the industry. You, you used the word uh, collaboration there you also used the word uh, scale you also said nobody's been able to do this before so uh, perhaps i could ask you two questions here what do you first what do you mean by collaboration yeah so so with collaboration uh let, let's start with accounting uh everyone in the industry would say there's zero value add uh in in, in you know in accounting you, you, you've got to do it um, it doesn't differentiate yourself because it's regulated, it's audited, it's highly standardized, but everybody needs it. So therefore, why does everybody buy, build, customize their own accounting systems? Like right, before they can even get to a digital strategy, a data strategy, or anything more uh, uh, value add and complex, they are hampered by their own ability to say, well, how good, how well can I do this? How efficiently, uh, you know, can I do this? And how much of my budget does it eat up? And it, the answer is it eats up way more uh, than it should. So, you know, and, and then you think about the core technology of what cloud does, it enables people to work together in a way that they just couldn't before, right? It was just, uh, 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 not that you couldn't, it was too uh, complicated, too hard, expensive, uh, and there's too much lag uh, relative to what you can do now. So when you ask it, you know, again, to one of your earlier questions, you know, are you a software company? Are you this? Really, we want to be, a, you know, a, a utility and scale collaborator, you know, collaborator for folks to get to that point. The technology enables us to do that. And um, 
you know, that's really, uh, you know, at the end of the day, what, what, what we're after. I can see why asset managers might want to collaborate on fund accounting. It's it's less obvious to me why, say, the global custodian banks might want to do that. A, a former CEO of State Street Bank once said to me, what we are really is fund accountants. So if 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 that ceases to be the business in which they which they compete, and indeed there is competition for, for fund accounting uh, contracts between an ever-diminishing group of banks, but there is still that that competition. It's a market which doesn't work very well because it's quite difficult to leave one platform and move to another. But um, I, I'd have thought the, the global custodian banks wouldn't see fund accounting as an area of collaboration. They'd see it as an area of competition. Do you have that pushback from them when you talk to them about it? We we don't see the pushback, Dominic, because, you know, what's the old saying? There are no atheists in foxholes. Uh, you know, g- given the war that's going on over fees, and the downward, I mean, in immense uh, pressure. And we're not even we're not even at apex on it yet. We are still getting to the point where uh, the runoff and the migration of traditional uh, managed assets based on traditional fee schedules are just accelerating into new products uh, and uh, lower significant low to no fee products. And then the underlying cost of servicing them, um, people are looking at this and saying, uh, the ones that are able to, by the way, because we're seeing custodians who are uh, raising their hands saying, you know, tap out, I'm out of the game here. Um, others are looking at scale and saying, we, we need it. We, and, and this is not a battle of, you know, I'm doing accounting better than you. Now, you talk about operations, you talk about uh, my expertise, my scale, my service model, what I do with analytics. Absolutely, you can battle out there. But when you look at doing just core accounting, Dominic, it's, it's, not, it's not the battleground. Um, and it's incredibly painful for all of the firms. Um, and most of them share, uh, 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 if not exact, uh, very uh, uh, close, you know, uh, DNA relatives of the same core accounting engines in in their infrastructure, different levels of, uh, uh, you know, disrepair. So they, they kind of already have done that, right, uh, in many ways. If, as you say, fees are being pressed in a downward direction, margins are being squeezed, uh, scale very obviously is the answer. but if I look back over 20 or 30 years, I've I've looked at the industry. People have understood that for quite a long time. And in fact, it was, it was a large part of the argument uh, for lift outs and for outsourcing contracts was that you needed scale in this business. You know, in effect, the global custodian banks were going through the were going through the competitive process of the market, were going to deliver scale to their buy side clients. But you know, nobody's made this work before. Uh, why why couldn't they make it work? Um, you know, you know, I think uh, they, they made it work the best they could uh, based on the available technology, uh, you know, they had, right? That's, that's really the answer. And that's why, um, you know, that's why nobody, let, that's why it's been 25 years since anyone's been crazy enough uh, to try and, you know, think about a new accounting platform, because what were you going to do? A better version of a database, better client service model? You weren't, you needed cloud and the adoption of cloud 
not just by our industry, but by governments, uh, and to say cloud is here. There are challenges with it, but I'm gonna. I need to come to terms and understand it. And rule number one in technology is you. You've got to follow the big money. You can't battle it. You will lose to it. And all the money has shifted and moved in compute storage. You know to cloud, right? So that 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 battle and that war is over. So now you look at it and say, well, we need to put capabilities on that tech inside that technology uh, to help. The, the modernization of the industry, right? And you know, we you know, so far we've been talking about the managers and and the and the service providers, custodians. But you know, at the end of the day, it's about the end investors here, right? I mean, they well, they need better products. That in their you know they're getting them, but they're going to get more, continue to get more of them, more competitively priced, uh, more access to their data. Uh, you know, more and it gets better. Uh, you know, all the way through the life cycle. So, you know, the service providers, fund administrators, custodians, they are scale providers. That's essentially what they do. They rent their scale, you know, to their clients. We're helping them to rent more of it, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, some of them have tried uh, to do their own large uh, digital transformation projects. Uh, you know, I've been around for a few of them at both Bank of New York and State Street, uh, and there are others that are out there, and it's really hard to drive this amount of change inside of an organization that above all things requires stability and resiliency as a regulated organization. All we're trying to do is help, you know, the industry uh, through extension uh, to, to get a faster pace of change uh, than they would get on their own, right? You've been very articulate about why fund accounting is such a big opportunity, why the answer to it is scale. You've explained uh, why the underlying secular trends are in favor of it. The, the commercial economics argue <coughs> the, the technology in, in terms of uh, cloud in particular is in favor of it. And also you've got the, the end investors out there uh, pressing uh, for, you know, for some alpha, I suppose, out of, out of operational uh, efficiency. So you've got a lot of things going for you, but um Dealing with large corporations, there's always going to be a great deal of inertia. There's going to be a great deal of resistance yeah. by people who feel that their livelihoods and, and jobs are going to be at risk. How long do you think it's going to take for you to scale your own business? Years. It'll take years. Um, you know, uh, uh, like I said, you know, as we continue to, uh, you know, migrate software into production, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, funds and then different regions, it'll take uh, time to then migrate to additional uh, geographies and uh, adjacent uh, asset classes. So it, it's a perpetual journey uh, and one that, again, I don't see us doing alone or we would be successful if we were doing it alone, if we didn't have this collaborative you know, ecosystem approach. And I think that's really what we're out to prove to folks is that, you know, one, the thesis, it's, it holds water, which it does. Two, uh, you know, you, you, you're either doing something about it or you're selling your business, which we continue to see almost on a weekly basis. Uh, and then three, uh, here's the new model. Here's how we're going to collaborate and, and, and get there. So it takes a while. And then also, not every organization moves at the same speed. I mean, again, these are government regulated, in some cases, systemically important in the states, FCA. I mean, you've got regulators all over the world. 
that uh, you know are always looking out to make sure uh, that these things work. They're always checking out cloud. They're checking out you know risk in the system. Um, so it will take time uh, for folks to make this migration. Um, so you know it, it's a journey. It's a journey. John, I have one last question for you, and it it's something you've alluded to just now, which is that these are regulated entities that you're dealing with. Yeah. Uh, regulators themselves, as cloud adoption has accelerated, have started to uh, take an interest in cloud itself as a potential threat to financial stability. What does that? Uh, what does this mean for you? Do you do you have to adopt a regulatory status yourself uh, now or in the future? And how would you expect? Because this looks like the way it may go is that cloud providers. Uh, you know, the yeah. Googles and, and, and AWSs and, and so on of the world might actually start getting regulated directly in this area of their business. How is that going to, to affect what you're doing broadly? How's regulation going to affect you now yeah. in the near future? So, so based on, you know, my interaction with regulators over the years, um, this ends up being a positive for them. Number one, you have multiple custodians, asset managers, funds, administrators, all running different levels of technology, platforms, resiliency of varying degrees of, of uh, you know, stability and readiness. So, so there's a real risk there, like we talked about with the bony outage, okay? Um, and two, regulators deal on a really, on a, on, a, on a significant time lag today relative to auditing and coming in and monitoring and oversight. If they've got a platform or they have a place and they've got cloud, where now the industry is largely aggregating its data, they have the opportunity. We talk about the benefits of applying other tools like AI and things in these data sets. You know, the regulators have already expressed an interest in, well, yeah, we wanna make sure cloud's gonna hold water. So let's, let's make sure all the cloud providers and there's resiliency and multi-cloud strategies and all that. John Lerner of FundGuard, thanks very much for taking the time to talk to the members of Future of Finance. Dominic, thank you very much.